Once upon a time, in a faraway land, I woke up and realized I am going to be a dentist. Said like no one ever. These are the real stories, not fairy tales. As we go behind the smiles, this is a podcast where we interview and chat with some of the biggest leaders in dentistry, learn their stories, and share their motivation with your host, Dr. Gina Dorfman. Today's podcast is brought to you by Yappy, an automated paperless software for dentists and their teams. Learn more at yappyapp.com. This is a special two-part episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Smiles. I am so excited to be here today with my good friend, Dana Perdue-Salisbury, MBA. Hello, Dana. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is actually the, your second uh, appearance on the show. I just can't get enough of Dana. And when you, <laughs> when you hear the show, you will understand why. Um, I, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about your journey into dentistry before we get started. Okay, so I'm a self-proclaimed dental brat, um, <laughs> much like, you know, I think, I think once you're like a dental brat or a, a, a child of dentistry, you don't ever leave the industry almost. I mean, it seems kind of like that's the story. So yeah, I started out selling the Metalift Crown Remover, which is, it's been a sister company up until about three years ago. We sold it off and I, you know, I loved it. It was even... At a young age in high school, working summers, I understood the concepts. I understood the technical terms. It was it was pretty simplistic. I mean, you know, um, if this happens, then we do this. And you know, even through college, I always joke I was doing troubleshooting while I was eating my lunchable or a hot pocket. <laughs> you know, and and I'm you know my feet propped up on the desk. So uh, you know. Uh, it, it started at a very young age and I just loved the industry. It was always wonderful. It seemed, I mean, it was big. It had that small feel, kind of a mom and pop feel anyway. And uh, it brought me to the conventions and got us out there. And we always had a sister company, Classic Practice. And it came more to the forefront as we went to more and more conventions. And we realized that there was such a need for team development, training, just more of a strategic role in the dental practice, verbal skills, all of these good things. So, and we still even today find that that does lack in a lot of practices and it's been a mission ever since. And even a personal mission of mine, just helping people enjoy their work. Excellent. Uh, And very, very much needed. So um, I am reading your LinkedIn here and it says that you're operations officer, builder of organizations, training and development team builder and motivator. Uh, You have a little story about that builder organizations, don't you? Do you mind sharing that? So I think, I think this is just hilarious. Um, (laughs) I ordered at the beginning of the fall, I ordered Spanx, uh, the fake leather pants and uh, my laptop auto filled for my LinkedIn bio. So when I got them in, I didn't realize that obviously. So when I got them in, (laughs) <laughs> I opened the, the Spanx box and it says, you know, Spanx, Dana Salisbury, builder of organizations. And like, <laughs> yeah, I told a friend of mine and she, she goes, Dana, you know, the problem, the UPS man probably looked at your box and went, here's your Spanx builder of organizations. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that autofill, you guys. A word to the wise. This is hilarious. It's still saved in there. And and I could totally remove it, but I don't just because I laugh every time. 
This is hilarious. But yeah. what is a builder of organization? You recently went back to school to get your MBA. Um, yeah. Tell me about that journey. Why did you decide to do that? And, um, you know, how you utilize that? Yeah. So honestly, I'll be very candid because it is you, of course. <laughs> I, I, you know, love what we do and I'm passionate about it. And we have the systems down. We are the systems gurus. We know the verbal skills. We know all of these things, but I wanted more. I kind of got like bored with the complacent in the knowledge that I had. And I, you know, it's people kind of talk about the same things all the time. And I'm, I want to dive deep. I want to really make an impact and be meaningful. Things to be meaningful. And I'm watching a lot of different, um, you know, business protocols, mistakes happen. I wanted to fix that. And of course the added bonus as a working mom, I mean, having your kids see you, you know, work a full-time job, and get your MBA. And hey, you know, I graduated magna cum laude. Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, so I worked really, really hard. I learned a lot about myself. And then as soon as I graduated, it was also very important because another missing, missing component aside from the MBA was becoming a certified professional in human resources. So I also did that. And honestly, I have to say, you know, I've been out of school for a while and actually 15 years undergrad. And I probably learned more getting my certified professional cert- certification than in the MBA, believe it or not. It was just all of your, your good data jam-packed into 700 pages <laughs> and one big test. One big test. So I, I really found that that is something that helps our clients a lot. And even just interactions as we see things on Facebook, helping people avoid you know, the legal ramifications of things we can do wrong very, very easily in dental practices. And obviously, dental, dentists don't go to business school and they're not interested in running a company or they would have gotten their MBA as well. So that's what we're here for. Good point. You know, I and I always, I think this comes up in just every podcast that I record yeah. that, um, you know, we... As dentists, we open our practices because we want to be our own boss. Yeah. But then we've realized that we have to be other people's bosses. <laughs> and so we, and this is where we start hearing uh, or saying, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like being a practice owner. I don't like to manage people. I don't yeah. know how to motivate employees. And mm-hmm. the truth is we, you know, we graduate dental school and then, you know, we learn a lot about dentistry and then yeah. we continue to learn a lot about dentistry. We take endo courses, we take implant courses, we take uh, cosmetic continuums and, uh, you know, sleep apnea courses. Yeah. We don't take any business courses. None. None. And well, a lot of these graduates are introverts, and that's totally that's wonderful. There's a great TED talk on that, by the way, about just the the power of being an introvert. But as an introvert, we have. And did you know I'm actually an introvert? I know you probably. I did not really, know that. I really am. You know, after I am around maybe a lot of people, maybe I go to a, especially a kid's birthday party. I think everyone goes to a kid's birthday party and they're really tired after. But I. I give it my all and then I'm just like, oh, so we have to recognize our weaknesses 
and build on that. So chances are, if you're great with that artistry and the, the beautiful aesthetics and the symmetry and all of these things that you're so comfortable with, great. Now we got to extract you and put you into some business courses. And you, you constantly, you know, I'm, I'm teaching my kids this, constantly look, what are my weak points? Everyone has them. And that's where we put our focus. It's easy to keep going back to that implant course or, you know, and because we're just so comfortable with it. But you've got to extract yourself because what we're doing, you know, we're, we're throwing you into a, a management or leadership and business entrepreneurship role. And now you're forced to lead people and be compliant. And, you know, so, yeah, extract yourself. That's the main takeaway probably that's going to end up being from, from this podcast. So. I, I think they're going to be quite a few. Knowing you, be the, you're going to be dropping a lot of knowledge here. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned kids' parties. My favorite uh, kids' birthday parties are the drop-off ones. Yes. <laughs> you tomorrow, the, the sleepovers. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and now, you know, now that my kids are a little older, there are a lot of sleepovers and, and uh, you know, they're kind of doing their own thing. So it's, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, So what is, tell me about this builder organization organizations. Yes. Well, that's a big one, but one, I will say one mistake that I see, I see a lot of mistakes. One mistake that I see that will automatically build your team is creating a diverse work environment. It's just not the case. And, you know, and I'm not uncomfortable saying the awkward, right? Yes. (laughs) Here, you know, but when I walk into an office and everyone's the same age, everyone's the same ethnicity, everyone, you know, it's, it's break the mold, hire people from maybe no dental background. You know, some of the best team members might come in and, and have a total view, different viewpoint. Um, that can can change your team and, and make you more innovative as an organization. So that's something I see. I think, you know, now there's a lot of other issues that can come with diverse teams because culturally there may be some things, well, you said that, that's a that's offensive, or, you know, we you're not acknowledging me when I cert- say certain things, or you're not taking my input. You know, different things come from different cultures, and we have to work to recognize that, but the greater good is to create those diverse work environments. And that's just, again, what people are not talking about in dentistry. So, you know, find good people, hire the most qualified people, make reasonable accommodations for those that say that they have a disability, you know, and, and it's, it's funny, you know, a reasonable accommodation classifies as anything under $500. So if you need to modify your phone system, if you need to, I mean, really, and, and patients see what you stand for now, openness and acceptance. And really, I don't know if there's any better marketing. So that's an added bonus as well. That's a hell of a point. That's a great point. It really is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and another mistake I see, you know, is, is owners not like say, I mean, may, maybe you're not a great leader and that's okay. Never assume that you know everything or that you're okay. I don't think a lot of people walk around a lot of practice owners and say, I know all there is to know. I, kn- I know that they don't, but be the seeker of information. Hire people with certifications. You know, there's, um, I was researching one 
Uh, I'm forbidden from take from my husband for taking any other uh, any other <laughs> certifications or more graduate degrees for probably another ten years, but that's okay. So, uh, like Cap OM, Cap OM is uh, in, an administrative certification where they learn project management skills, communication skills, learning how to take a message, uh, those written abilities. You know, those are the things that we need to move towards to be better and make our industry better, to better serve our patients, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, here's what I see. And, and maybe, I mean, you're in a lot of offices. You, you, yeah. You've been in the industry for, I don't want to say a long time because that's just not, you yeah. know, that's, that, forget that. Uh, but yeah. you, you're gonna, you've been, you know, you've, you know your stuff. Let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so here's what I see. I, I see that, um, you know, dentists uh, hire sometimes good people. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, they don't get very lucky with, with hiring, but they hire people. And they bring them into the office and Mm -hmm. five minutes later, they're answering the phone. Um, If they hire someone with experience, they kind of expect that she knows what she's doing because she's been working for Dr. XYZ for so many years. Or if it's a new one here, sit next to Debbie and you're going to learn everything by osmosis. Um, and, And they just don't. Uh, train them enough. They don't give them dental courses. They don't give them leadership courses. Yeah, someone ends up being an office manager. You mentioned this course, and this is what made me think of it. Someone ends up being an office manager by default because maybe she's the only one who is sitting in the chair at the front and not going back to sterilize instruments. Yeah. Or maybe someone is an office manager because she's been there the longest. Yeah. But does she actually have qualifications to lead people? And, you know, it probably can be learned, right? Can, yeah. can, can that be learned? Absolutely. And one of my favorite quotes is from Vince Lombardi. And it, it, he says, leaders are not born. They're made. You know, bodybuilders are not born. They're made. Any skill, it's a skill. You have to hone that skill. And, and what's funny is, is you actually brought up a really good point. In so many, so many new offices that we work with, we'll say, do you have an office manager? And people, team members will say, I don't know. I think Jessica <laughs> is. And Jessica's like, no, I'm not an office manager. <laughs> so, so my point too in saying, in saying that and bringing up that point is, Doctor, if you are not wearing the hat of an office manager, you really need to appoint it and it's all or nothing. You know, you, you have to step out on a limb, take a risk, name this person, but have them really follow through on their duties. Have them really take things off of you. You should have a hand in hiring, but let them get the ball rolling, empower them, give them a chance. So many times, you know, fabulous team members come on and we fail them. I have failed really great people, you know, and every time, you know, when someone leaves our organization here, I go, what could I have done better? What did I do wrong? Uh, I forgot where I heard the statistic. I did not create this at all. But 22% of all people that leave their job, 41 million people left their job willingly in 2018. So 22% of those people left their job because of lack of training. Wow. Because business owners suck. <laughs> you know, it, we, have to, we have to ask our team, what problems are you encountering? And this is true stay interviews. 
You know, this is not performance reviews. This is stay interviews. What issues are you encountering? Would you ever leave our organization? And if so, for who? You know, these are asking those like really uncomfortable questions are the only way that you're going to grow and really the only way that you're going to retain people. Because what happens when, when we keep our frustrations inside, all, all of a sudden one day we just blow up. So keep them venting, you know, and, and create those, again, times for training, times for stay interviews and, you know, make it work. It's the only way you're going to keep your team. You've made a lot of great points there. Um, we don't talk to our employees enough about their experience uh, working with us. I actually posted this on one of the Facebook groups um, a few days ago. Um, oh, it was a making of a dental startup Facebook group. Ah, yes. And, you know, and I love the enthusiasm on those groups because they put so much thought in what their office is going to look like and, yeah. and uh, you know, what kind of equipment they're going to buy. And, and they design this, you know, patient experience and they have, you know, the juice mm-hmm. bar, the coffee. And, and this is amazing. I remember the excitement of, of going through this phase and then yeah. watching those office tours. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful and it, and it's so heartwarming. And at the same time, I was thinking, man, you know, are you putting as much energy into designing your employee experience? Are you yeah. thinking what it's going to be like to work there? Because, you know, happy employees will make happy customers. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting that from uh, what's, what's the name of the founder of the Virgin Airlines? Um, a crazy oh, I follow him on LinkedIn. He's everywhere. Oh, yeah, I know. Like people. <laughs> uh, Richard, Richard Branson. There you go. Branson. Thank you. Yes. I For think, Richard. I, th- you know, I think he's the one who said, make your employees happy and they will make your customers happy. Completely. And, and, uh, you know, when we're designing those offices, when we're thinking about what our practices are going to be like, designing that perfect employee experience is just as important as designing that patient experience. Um, and, and, what our employees actually experience with us is that they don't get enough training. Yeah. Uh, Chick-fil-A trains their employees for six weeks before they, you know, serve customers. Serve chicken. Right. Because <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, it's chicken, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Maybe hard for me. Right. <laughs> I just learned how to light a match like five years ago. Seriously. So I don't know if I could deal with a prior. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but you know, even, even at Yappy here, no one is getting on the phone until yeah. they've been through about six weeks of training, yeah. right? In a dental office, that's not even a possibility because we need someone to answer the phone, right? So we put them on the phone right away and then there's never any time to train. And I know this because when yeah. we train our customers, uh, a lot of times we're trying to train them and they're still answering their phones. The patients are still in the office. Yeah. There's just never enough time blocked out for training. Yeah. Um, a lot of dentists, especially female dentists, having a hard time travel for CEs. I think you and I talked a lot about this yeah. when we went to the townie meeting. Um, and and on top of it, we don't give them enough feedback. We don't yeah. ask them enough really? questions. Yeah. And 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 so what happens is we hire them, and then four months later or a year later. We're posting on Facebook. Does anyone have a um, write-up form that you can share? Because now we're writing them up. And right. And honestly, I think unless we're just trying to create documentation for their exit. Yes. Like, what's the point, right? Yes, exactly. So you said a couple of things that got me thinking. Okay. So first off, like we worry about 
hiring and we worry about training, but let's back up from there. It's not happening proactively. It's not, we're not planning for growth and we're not ever thinking, okay, what's, what's forecasting? What is, and I always, I always tell my husband, this is how I think, what is going to mess up my day? What's going to mess up next week? What's going to mess up next month? And that's how we should work. You know, and what's going to mess up my, my year. Right. And we're we're not forecasting. We're not, you know, seeing, seeing the forest through the trees. Right. Well, you know, so, so, and we're not designating time for the office manager to develop these programs. One of the things that I really like, just an added touch, imagine you were coming into an organization and you found out that they knew some fun information about you through your interview experience. And it was passed throughout the team, you know, like on your first or the day before your first day, you know, uh, Gina's joining our team. Here's, this is her first and last name. Uh, you know, during her interview, she mentioned she loves dogs. I don't know. I mean, but little things about them now, now the team's ready to welcome them. They have some maybe commonalities. Maybe they're a cat person and they love cats and they love cat calendars. I don't know, you know, but right. you know, you're aligning your team uh, to get along. Another thing that you said that really got me thinking, you know, we don't ever talk about what's your attrition rate. Why are we not, why are we not managing by that? And so anybody hearing this, I do want you to figure out your attrition rate. Um, if what I'm about to say doesn't make sense, you can look it up online, but how many people over the last 12 months did you lose? And how many people did you employ totally? If it's above 10%, you've got a lot of work to do. Wow. That's major. Now I, I saw on, there's a lot of these Facebook groups. I know, you know what I'm talking about. You read the stuff and you're like, ah, like I just, I need to like hook myself to a, a jetpack, fly over there, tell them something, shake their body and let them know, you know, what to do, how to resolve this. I had someone post online. They said, what do I do? My hygienist gets to work. 30 minutes early every day and clocks in. And so now we have to pay her overtime. (laughs) There's a lot wrong with that. But all I said, I like open quote, I noticed that you're arriving early and I think it's wonderful that you get here on time. You know, and basically, you know, if you would like to continue to clock in 30 minutes early, we would love that. We have some things that need to get done and give them a, give them a little slip of paper with a checklist. I mean, you know, it, whoever gets there early, have it by where you, where they clock in, grab it and go. And you have to continually reinforce that. Invite them to clock in early, you know, but you, but you have to pay them overtime if they're doing work or even if they're casually doing work. You see why I got the Sherm certification? Because it's like, you know, all of these pieces come together very strategically. Absolutely. And you mentioned bringing the team on board. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I want to go back to this for a second because your mom shared the letter that Dr. Westerman wrote to her when when she first got hired. And it was so touching and so warm. It was such an incredible welcome. I started writing welcome letters, um, you know, to new hires just recently. Um, And actually that was part of, um, we use a program uh, for, um, for payroll called Gusto. And I absolutely, I'm in love. Like if you can be in love with software, I'm absolutely in love with Gusto. (laughs) So, um, and, and there's a way that you can, um, 
sign a welcome letter and then other members of the team can also join Aww. in and write like little welcome notes and they receive it automatically on their first day of employment. And I yes. think that's just a, such a wonderful thing. I remember my first dental job, which, uh, you know, I, when I decided that I was going to be a dentist, which was sort of like, you know, it was one of those intelligent decisions where it was like, well, my grandmother is a doctor and I like that, but I don't want to be a physician because then I have to be wow. working nights and I have to yeah. go for residency. And I really don't want to be an attorney because, you know, that just sucks. And I don't, I'm not going to be an accountant because, you know, and then it's like, huh, dentist. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a dentist. So that was yeah. like a process of elimination. And um, so I got a job in a dental office to see, you know, how it's, um, yeah. going to work for me. And I walked in and, and they're like, can you do anything? And I said, no, I don't know anything dental. That's right. why I'm here. I'm here to learn, teach me. Yeah. yeah. And they said, well, can you file? I'm like, I don't know, but I know the alphabet. So yeah. Like, okay, good. Come on. Here in. we go. <laughs> so I come in and, uh, uh, he said, you know, when you come in, uh, find Delmi and Delmi will show you around. Mm -hmm. I find Delmi. Delmi says, sit here. I need to take care of something. And then I'll onboard you. Okay. So I said there, 30 minutes later, I'm like, um, <laughs> what's going on? So I go find Delmi again. Delmi says, you know, I just have to finish this patient and then I'll, 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 we'll onboard you. Then it's like lunch. Um, can I file something? Like, I don't think I need a lot of experience. I want to do something. <laughs> Give me some work. Tell, tell me what to do. So, so and, and I think a lot of times this is exactly how onboarding happens, but, but having that warm welcome into the team, um, getting introduced and, mm -hmm. and even, you know, in my practice, we, and I know this is what, um, you recommended classic practice resources. My interview process is a little bit different than yours, but we do group interviews and we have our team members yeah. on the interviewing process because people, uh, support what they help create. And yes. if they choose yes. an employee, they're more likely to help them and, and stand by them. And they're going to be yeah. less likely to find what's wrong with them and kind of yeah. push them, push them away. It's your selection committee. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's talk about training since, you know, this, this is what you do, right? You, yeah, yeah. you build a team, you train a team. What is the, I guess, minimal required to bring someone on board? And I, I like to hire people without experience or with minimal mm -hmm. experience. Yeah, yeah. I find that it's easier for me to find someone who is smart and excited to learn and, and grow and uh, doesn't really have a lot of preconceived notions that I have to shake yeah. off. Um, what, what is, how do we bring people on board? How do we train? So number one, you really, you want to hire for, and I know this is, impossible to test on, right? But if you're having an interaction with someone in an interview, the number one trait of a person that will succeed in life and within your organization is the willingness to learn. Okay. So that's, that comes with competence that comes from um, a little bit of compliance, but maybe not too much. Right. And mm -hmm. so that's what you really want to hire for. If you can feel that out in your interview. And I mean, obviously diversity, you know, so you, I, I want to be careful in saying this too, because I, I, I think educational requirements, obviously I value education, educational requirements for administrative positions may be a thing of the past. 
I read an article that's going to really make you jitter, (laughs) but it was like, it was statistics on males and incarceration rates and how, just how many men have been incarcerated at some point in their life, right? By age 44, it's like a third of all men. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they say, you kind of consider throwing that out of the window. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't go crazy with that statement that I just said. So obviously uh, there are certain, uh, you know, risk factors associated with not checking, um, hiring credit reports for those that are pulling credit. If you do that in your office on patient accounts, Um, you know, so there's a lot to that. I just want to say, but you know, I think a couple years general work experience is great. I think depending on the position, obviously office manager, you're going to want more experience. They've got to know more than the team. They've got to have, um, you know, some business acumen, you know, so um, don't just think outside of the box. Thank you for listening to Behind the Smiles. This podcast episode was brought to you by Yappy. Not only does Yappy automate the busy work, it lets you get back to focusing on what's most important, your patience. So take a complimentary demo today at yappyapp.com.